The NFL Draft is right around the corner, and the Mina Kimes Show featuring Lenny will get you ready as Mina is joined by former players, insiders, and analysts each week to talk about team needs, draft prospects, and the latest NFL storylines. That's the Mina Kimes Show featuring her dog, Lenny. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to That's What She Said with Sarah Spain, a podcast about, well, whatever the hell I want. Actors and musicians, athletes, comedians, neuroscientists, wine experts. If I find somebody interesting, I'm bringing them to you. We'll talk about how they became who they are, how they found success, battled failures, and how they ended up here talking to me. Hi, I'm River Butcher, and I am overbooked, overscheduled. <laughs> I need more time. I need a time machine. I need Doc Brown's help. Magical. I want you to know that when you were on this podcast two years ago, oh my your, God, dilemma, what was it? your dilemma was I have trouble with scheduling. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Absolutely I mean, zero growth from you. No, I actually, Sarah, you know what's funny is like I'm I'm scheduled well. Mm. It's just that there's too many things in my schedule. Yes, Fair enough. yes. I've overscheduled. Boy, do I have a self-serving solution for this dilemma. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell you to go back and listen to my podcast with Carl Richards from 2017. He's an author, a New York Times columnist. He wrote an article back then entitled, Let 2017 Be the Year of Working Hard and Resting Hard. That's right. Instead of work hard, play hard, work hard, rest hard. Uh, We had a great talk about how to figure out um, how to say no to things and to find better balance. Uh, And since you're busy, River, you likely don't have time to listen to the whole thing right now. So in the meantime, I would say carry this great takeaway that Carl shared with you as you get requests in the coming days and weeks and really think about it every time you have to say yes or no. It's a quote from Paulo Coelho. When you say yes to others, make sure you aren't saying no to yourself. That could mean no to a workout, hanging with your pets or loved ones, time to do things around the house, just time to relax. Just make sure when you make that yes to somebody that you aren't saying no to something that you yourself need uh, to do with that time or that energy. Uh, But yeah, go back and listen to the podcast. That was a good one. That's what she said. Hey, everybody. I'm excited for today's podcast. But before we dive in, um, I will share a tiny update from my Grand Canyon trip. Got back late last night after midnight, and it was a total success. Uh, Regular listeners will know I've spent the last three months training hoping to combat the effects of a lifetime of playing sports, uh, most specifically the many maladies and injuries that I incurred as a heptathlete, which include but are certainly not limited to a torn Achilles resulting in a midget calf, two bulging discs in my back, a herniated disc in my neck, a shoulder that tends to have recurring rotator cuff sprains and impingement issues, the many effects of a wonky kinetic chain. Um, And so knowing all of that, I had to work super hard to get myself as ready as I could be for the trip, uh, three days over 34 miles of hiking, 5,000 feet down and then back up. Um, and it was part of this do crew that I put together. This was my plan, something my mom and I had planned to do uh, and wanted to do for over a decade and just hadn't put it in the books. Uh, well, we did it. The training paid off. I made it out mostly unscathed. I've got some shin pain in my good leg, go figure, um, but it's it's already getting better. And as expected, my, my mom, who's 70 total badass, killed it. My husband, who barely trained at all, was totally fine, killed it. Uh, So unfair. Um, But I'll have lots more on the adventures, uh, the tales of one of our hiking partners that was missing several fairly important body parts, um, some dramatic stories from our guide in the bottom of the canyon. It's all going to be next week. uh, So remember to come back for that. Uh, But this week, I've got a return guest who's gone through a transition quite literally since the last time they were on. Stand-up comedian, actor, writer, producer, and podcast host River Butcher, who was on uh, using a a previous name last time. Uh, He has a Comedy Central special out you can watch on YouTube called A Different Kind of Dude. He just did a show at the Dent Theater in Chicago that I was really bummed. I had to miss it while I was out in Arizona. Um, But I loved catching up with him. So appreciated his honesty about the big life changes that have gone down uh, since the last time that he was on. And I just think it's so important, and I have found over the course of this podcast, um, getting to know people and and talk to them has made me more loving, less judgmental, more accepting, more understanding, um, just so much kinder and more evolved in my thinking when it comes to people um, with whom I have differences of mindset, of, of gender, of ethnicity, of race, of religion, of any, anything really just, you know, um, there's that Mark Twain quote, Uh, Travel is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness. 
and many of our people need it sorely on these accounts. Broad, wholesome, charitable views of men and things cannot be acquired by vegetating in one little corner of the earth all one's lifetime. Um, and obviously literal travel is great, but I think just merely exposing yourself um, to people who are different can be just as life-changing as travel. Um, you know, River being willing to share so openly allows folks to stop thinking about trans people as an idea, but rather just as human beings who happen to be trans. And I've loved getting to know so many trans people from this pod, um, and especially in talking to River about the things that have changed since last time we talked. Uh, it was really cool. So I hope you love the conversation. That's what she said. So we happen to be recording today's podcast on Trans Day of Visibility, which was entirely unintentional, but fitting, uh, because my guest today starts his new half-hour stand-up special called A Different Kind of Dude with the killer opener. The pandemic was so long, I transitioned. (laughs) That's right. All those gas station attendants my entire life calling me sir were right. They were right. They were right. They knew me and they loved me before I could love myself. So last time River Butcher was on the pod, he used they, them, non-binary pronouns, went by a different name, uh, and we spent some time actually talking about the gray area of what it means to be trans, whether you're taking hormones, making surgical changes, or just feel that the term applies to you. And at the time, which was March 2020, River, you said it did, but you acknowledged that you were a life always in progress and evolving, learning and feeling and figuring things out along with the rest of us. And now you're back using he, him, and they, them pronouns, leading with the descriptor trans and um, talking about it in your new show and talking about it um, pretty openly as you engage with the world, um, which you also say in your pot in your half hour show so perfectly uh, looking almost exactly the same as before and also completely different. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like the best description of the whole experience that I can (laughs) come up with. Honestly. Um, It's so good to see you again, Sarah. Thanks for having me back. I'm so glad you're back. We talked a lot about baseball last time. We Um, did. We also had a fascinating conversation now in retrospect about how beneficial your time at an all-girls school was in terms of not revealing to you the gender gap and the ways (laughs) that genders are treated differently until later. You recognized it in the the media and and in, in social life, but you didn't recognize it in school until you went to a uh, a co-ed high school mm-hmm. um and this is also i want you to know what you said at the end of our last podcast and why it's so useful <laughs> well it's very useful for us to be back for this reason that's a good way to end it hey thanks i really yeah, appreciate thanks, it Sarah. it was super fun yeah it was really great to talk to you i wish we could talk for like three more hours <laughs> so i think it's great that yeah, we're back here we are gonna, yeah we're gonna get that opportunity maybe not three hours maybe not we'll, three hours but we'll get as talk. much in we'll get as much in as we <laughs> that's can right. that's right um so let's talk about the half hour special that's out yeah. now. And I mean, it's July of last year now that you're recording, July of 2021. And so you're doing media and press to talk about it. But with comedy, it's got to be um, there's got to be these moments that happen in the world and in life and in media that you're like, oh, I would have gone back and added this. I would have gone oh, back yeah. and added this. So when you're watching <laughs> it now, like, what can you tell people about the special? Uh, well, I mean, you know, I w- there's so many things. As a comic and like an athlete, I feel like the the athlete mind of like, oh, I wish I could go back and do it this way, you know, but the only reason I feel that way is because I already did it, you know, and that's like why the work in progress thing is so it applies to everything, you know, like we're all it's always practice. You know, when I was a kid, I would it was like everything was game time and you had to make the shot and you had to do this. And it's like, no, actually even the game is practice, you know, mm-hmm. like even the yep. World Series is actually practice. Um, and so, you know, I mean, the things, the only things that I would add back in now is I, you know, I don't say in the special, like, I'm a trans man, like, I'm a man. I just say I transitioned. I leave it kind of open-ended. And I think there's, I think that still is valuable, though, you know, to people. I think that, um, I think that, no matter what you're saying, it has value. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think people uh, speaking their truth is like helpful, but you know, it's just been, it's been a progress for me. It's just been a consistent progress for me <laughs> since um, being on your show. And I, I guess I would speak a little more to that um, if I could, you know? Um, yeah. I would love to hear it. Cause, but like yeah, I said- now I, I can do it now. 
Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you can do it thing. now. It's like it's not. You know, it's it's. I think we often look at like, oh, that was my only chance, or oh, that it had to be perfect. You know, like I definitely struggle with perfectionism all the time. You know, <laughs> because I used to think perfectionism was like people that studied and wanted to do well in school because I never wanted to do that. Uh, but perfectionism is like not wanting to do something because you're afraid you're going to fail. You know, like right, right, or thinking like my that was my only chance to say something, and I just um don't actually believe that I can fall prey to it, but I don't actually believe that. Like there's always going to be more opportunities, you know? Well, I think also there's like this feeling of like needing to know yourself and then keep that yeah. forever, right. even at the expense of evolving into a more true version. Like yeah. I remember I was watching the Beastie Boys documentary and it wasn't specifically speaking to, to anything in terms of knowing yourself, but Ad-Rock had this quote of, I'd rather be a hypocrite than the same person forever. A hundred percent. And like, I think we are so afraid of, and especially in social media land where it's like, here's a gotcha of something you said yeah. 17 years ago right and how come you feel different now uh well yeah. i mean i don't know i evolved as a person and i, I don't know a lot and i'm much more mature and i'm kinder 15 and years later trying yeah, exactly. to be better now um <laughs> yeah but, but let's talk about last time you were on because um we did and because you were on last time i want everybody to go back and listen to get all the incredible context and storytelling of your growing up and playing sports and mm -hmm. uh your very brief but uh, illustrious pro skateboarding career um <laughs> yeah, that's right and and also your I went back and listened I was cracking up at some of it your um your lithograph and woodworking experience oh sure yeah my printmaking experience yes print printmaking major that's what I hold um, my degree in yes uh, <laughs> but we also talked about sort of um embracing the tomboy role sure and feeling like the understated ideas of gender were always a little bit off. You said that you always felt like something was a little bit off, not in a bad way. It just didn't yeah. always fit. Yeah. And then, um, you know, your sexuality was, it was sort of always there, but at a certain age you recognize, okay, I'm gay. All right. And then, and then, and then it's like, I have so ha many revisions. Yeah. Well, no, but that's, what's so fascinating about I talking know. to you is I know uh, gay people and I've mostly known them only as gay people, uh, I have a couple friends that I knew in college or otherwise that were not out yet. So I, I was unaware and, and maybe they were too at the time. Mm -hmm. Maybe not. Um, and then same with I have a number of trans friends, but I, I only know them um, now. And so right. it's fascinating to talk to you as you're as you're learning and discovering and changing, <laughs> because I think so many people. That's the other thing is we talked about this last time. What we find freeing, other people find terrifying. Yeah. What we think is cool about getting to decide for ourselves what part of what gender feels right and natural and where you mm -hmm. lean one way or the other and how rad that is, other people are terrified by because they need the structure to decide where they fit in and how they view others. Right. And when we stop doing that, I think we're all going to be a lot happier. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so let's go back to where you were in March of 2020 and how you've evolved. Yeah. I mean, it's funny to hear that context you know because i've since it through the experience that i've had even even just from then i've sort of my lens looking back through my life has shifted to realize that like i wouldn't say now like when i was four years old i knew i was gay i would say i knew i was different you know and i knew i wasn't what people were telling me i was you know um and that's not to say that <laughs> like oh i know that i'm a boy you know, necessarily at that moment, because you don't at four years old know what that is. You just know what people are telling you, you know, like because this is going all the way back to a very young age when you're beginning to understand what you are in the world, period, that you're a person, you know, <laughs> that you like I think, you know, when when we start to have these conversations, you know, people get scared because it's upsetting something they think they've settled and they don't have to think about anymore. And ultimately, you don't have to. Like, you don't. You don't. I don't want... If you don't want to think about it, you don't have to. But you can't make a law for me to not do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> you right, know, right, just right. so for your own safety, because that's <laughs> that's treading on me. You know what I mean? And so, like, that's actually on you to ignore it if you don't want to do it. You know, that's the thing is uh, where we find ourselves legislatively is that, you know, um, the these these think tanks are... Uh, running off of that fear of people mm -hmm. thinking that a trans kid is being sexualized, you know, when it's just not true. Like we're, we talk to children, we give children 
baby dolls. We give them, you know, a bride and a groom. We give them these things at a very young age. We just hand them to them to play with. And that's okay. What I mean is it's also okay for that kid to be like, I think I'm different than this thing you're handing me, you know, (laughs) because when I was a kid, I was just me, you know, I was just me doing what I wanted to do. There's no deeper thought than that. It's actually very, uh, innocent and pure when you're like four years old you're not thinking beyond your immediate self you know and uh so people were like hey you're a girl and I was like okay and then I just kept doing the things I was doing and they were like whoa you can't do that stuff (laughs) and I'm like but okay then I guess you know boy seems to be the other option And they're like whoa well you're not that either (laughs) so it's not on me you know that I didn't fit what people were telling me I was you know um and so you know to listen to those like things that you've brought up from the other podcasts it's really interesting to sort of look back at it because that is what has actually freed me from all the other stuff is that like it wasn't that I was gay it was that I was queer and to me queer is outside of the prescribed sort of cisgender heteronormative idea concept limited concept um that those are the only two options you know or only yeah. one option really is that you're cisgender and straight, you know? Yeah. 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 And, and so it's, it was less about, you know, and I've just sort of had this just whole different experience of my own life after realizing it, admitting deeply to myself that I'm trans. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You mentioned something in our last conversation that really stood out to me, and it was about how you would move through spaces and sometimes people would call you sir. Mm -hmm. Um, And (laughs) I talked about how that happens to me, too, a lot. I wear a ball cap. I'm tall. And people will say, what can I get you, sir? And then look up and be like, oh, I'm so sorry. And I'd be like, you're good. It's fine. Um, And how it used to hurt my feelings. And I was really insecure about it. And now it's just Mm -hmm. like, all right, it's all good. (laughs) You know, I'm good. This is what I look like. Um, But you said you didn't hold it against them that they didn't know the answer because maybe it was that the question wasn't one worth asking. (laughs) Yeah. And I do think that as we continue to evolve as a society and we are so much more open in the last five years, in the last 10 years, in however many about varying degrees of sexuality, of gender, of presentation, of fashion, of culture, there are so many more ways to just be whatever the you are and have mm-hmm. everyone think it's awesome or cool mm-hmm. or different or interesting than there used to be. And I think the further we get down that path of not forcing labels on everything, the easier it will be for people to figure out much younger, mm-hmm. oh, here's how I feel about myself and here's how I feel about others. And then right. once those decisions are made, you just can lean into them instead of fighting these constrictions that um, exist solely as social constructs. The yeah. problem is what we just said, which is there are people who do not find that idea as thrilling and exciting as you and <laughs> yeah, I do. Right. There are people who find it absolutely terrifying. Yeah. And I wonder what you would say to those people as someone who is an actual trans human being and not the <laughs> idea of being trans. Right. Um, why they're so scared. Um, I mean, I think they're scared because... I mean, I think it ultimately comes down to this idea that we have specifically in this society, I've never lived in another one, so I can't really compare it to anything, but that someone else's uh, freedom or liberty is taking away from yours, you know? 
And that's very, very much intertwined into the fabric of this country. It was, you know, we were based on that because we took, we took it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we took this land from other people. We mm-hmm. said it was ours and not theirs when they already lived on it. You know, so when you, when you, when you create something on that baseline, it's going to stay there. Until well, and then you, you perpetuate it. It's by perpetuated abusing through, the lives of others to further yeah, your ownership it, and control of the land. That's right. Yeah. If you if you live in a system of you know we live in a system of capitalism where we used to buy and sell people, mm-hmm. and we still do you know in other ways. Um, and so <laughs> this is all very heavy to say that right. when someone is standing in their truth and unbothered by your fear of them. Um, that's, that can create more fear, you know, but what I've noticed is that it actually creates more understanding. If I spend less time trying to convince the people who are the most afraid of me and more time with the people who are not, (laughs) you know, because ultimately, like, I don't even think people need to like, think I'm awesome. They just need to not care. Just leave you alone. <laughs> or, right. Well, I shouldn't say old, not care because I don't want people to not their, care. Their, but... their feet off our necks quote. That's right. right. I just yeah. like, we just are all, we don't need to, you don't even, you, approval does not mean that you have to like it. You know what I mean? Or acceptance does not mean that you right. have to like anything. You don't have to approve of it. Um, we just get to live and let live. Yeah, you know? that's ultimately I think, what it is. I think you're right. I think it's it's that, but the undertones there are very religious in some cases. Of course, 100%. right. The, the idea of like freedom to do what you want in a way that has no effect on them, if they've decided that some being does not that's approve right. of that, then they will <laughs> yeah. actively go against the very speakings and pillars of their religion. Right. In order to prioritize, no, 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 That's but right. this this thing is not okay. So we will yeah. stop loving and caring and, you know, all the good things. Exactly, um, and then all I the think things that you're call, actually called to claim do. To I be, mean, yeah. there's quite literally in, in the Bible, I w- believe it's in Galatians, that says, like, that it, that has been used by abolitionists, for, like the abolition abolitionists for slavery, slavery right. those times. And it has been used for women's liberation and for queer liberation that is... Basically, like, in Christ, there is no male and female. Yeah. In Christ, there is no race. There is no this and that, which is not to erase those things. It's just that when you are in love and in truth, these things don't matter. They're not the ultimate thing. And that loving each other is actually the first thing we're supposed to do. And people are so afraid of their own sins, Mm -hmm. you know, that they want to go out and hunt other people's, you know. And it's it's not up for me to decide what is actually a sin on other people's behalf. I only get to decide that for myself. Right. And I actually realized that it was a sin for me to be going against my own nature, which was not accepting myself as a trans guy. Yeah. (laughs) That is a much greater sin. Yeah. Yeah. I, and then I think it's, so I think it's societal to your point of the fear of others living in their freedom makes people reconcile with their own sins Mm -hmm. or, or whatever Then religion. And then I think we talked about this last time, it is misogyny. It is mm-hmm. a feeling that mm-hmm. if I don't know if you're a woman, how do I know whether I'm more powerful than you? Yeah. Whether I am can pay you less and treat you worse and mm-hmm. assault you and do all and the things. Like we have decided in society that there is such a grave difference in opportunity, respect, pay, everything between men and women that we need to know which one's which right. because you're either going to go on one path or the other. That's right. And I would also say um, to really like simplify it down, like – the the um the recent like judge hearings you notice that we're only talking about women we're only talking about trans women and cisgender women and we're only defining women because that has is now the other you know and they're using it as this like political pawn and we're never defining man because man is indefinable because it is the center you know, yes, it's, it, it's everything it's comes from the that. average and, and the norm and everything else is other than that. It's just simply the center of the universe. Yeah. A trans man would ha- be of no competition because we know what all of these people are thinking. Right. The, the misogyny, and I'm not going to speak it because I don't want to say that kind of stuff, but um, the misogyny affects both trans men and trans women. Right. In perhaps not equal parts, but completely together, you know, um, and it's there are cis women who are doing these things and participating in misogyny at the same level. It's all, you know, this patriarchal system that, I mean, you look at these 
you know, cis men signing these laws, they're surrounded by cisgender white girls, you know, right. and then there are these adult cisgender women. I mean, it was a it was a cis woman that was asking define a woman, you know, right. and it is not it, it is they are weaponizing feminism. They're taking these little pieces from feminism and the feminist movement that got us title nine. That's the reason we even have. Right. Uh, you know, women playing sports, period. <laughs> like they would not have been playing sports if it wasn't for that. And they're weaponizing it and turning it against the people that need it the most and saying, oh, defining a woman is feminism. And it absolutely isn't. That's the opposite, you know? And I think that like, that's one of the conversations that we talked about last time was the idea of um, how each individual person defines and sees themselves within the larger constructs that we've already created ultimately mm -hmm. is something that is asked of us at every turn, mm -hmm. even if it's not super necessary. There are right. so few spaces, and we've really narrowed them down by virtue of the fear-mongering that goes on in, in, in politics, to bathrooms and sports. <laughs> those right. are the ones that most matter because those are the ones we can use to create fear and divide. Yeah. But there um, aren't any other ones. I know. I remember I was watching the ESPYs and listen, Caitlyn Jenner, huh, there's a lot there. I don't, sure. I don't need to get into all of it. But Well, class is a, is a big part yeah, of all of this and stuff. And proximity to power, which is to your point right. about all of the women, cisgender women that are speaking out against other women. It's the proximity to white male power that prevents them from acting in their own best interest. That's right. But Caitlyn Jenner's up and they're doing a package at the ESPYs to explain um, her transition in her life. And they have her going through a closet and like picking out clothes and I, I my my brain goes really this is what women are is like our dresses <laughs> and our shoes yeah. and then I thought they should have done it and then I was like well there aren't that many other spaces that are demonstrably either gender right mm -hmm. like that is one of the few things that signals to people a choice that we've made or how we want to be seen you mean the clothes clothes yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. and so it was like one of those moments where I reminded myself that there are so few things that are so inherently male or female that they visually send you that signal and that's yeah. why they had to probably shoot it that way yeah I yeah. mean it's it's interesting when you really look at it like our society has those two spaces and then I ask why do we have those two spaces <laughs> I mean ultimately what the thing about and I've talked about this for literally years uh when I was doing my baseball podcast that is like a big part of why the All-American Girls Professional Baseball League was ended was because parody was beginning, physical parody was beginning to happen. Like, first of all, it was very badly mismanaged financially <laughs> uh, by many, many men who were, uh, of course, running it. But the other thing was women from that league were starting to catch up with the ability of, of men. And I'm just using th that binary for the for quickness but right. um that was a big part of why they got rid of that because they were this was the 50s like that league lasted from the 30s to the 50s it lasted a lot longer than most people think um and that was a big part of why and i think a lot about how if that had happened we wouldn't have segregated sports i mean the reality is yes we needed title nine to create women's sports because women were literally not allowed to play sports <laughs> right but well, it was our because our uteruses kept falling out. What yeah. happened <laughs> in the fifties because it yeah. was squashed, and there was this movement towards, um, you know, co-ed sports possibly happening right. in this right. professional sports ha happening, and co-ed sports were of a regularity in the twenties and thirties because of numbers and people right. just played sports together. <laughs> you know, it, it like once we commodified it and it became That's a business, right. that was a lot of it. A and then also business. the idea of women no longer being ladies, which came along with a lot of other desires for respect and power and rights mm -hmm. that seemed to signify to people that women were getting over their skis, this desire mm -hmm. to participate in things that were not you know, and that's why there started to be the scientific and medical mumbo jumbo of women can't run marathons because their uterus will fall out. They well, can't right. ride a this horse. Is they what can't transgender people the our existence is disrupting the entire idea of biology being the main right. determinant of someone's gender. You know, like if if the definition of a woman is a human with a uterus like, I don't want to be defined by the <laughs> things that exist, the physical things that exist in and on my body. Right, you know, right. like, I believe that life is a lot bigger than a simple, you know, and that honestly is eugenics. <laughs> you know, right, when you're right. like defining people by the organs of their body, it's like, this is not, it's not a, it's not a positive road to go down. Well, and I think also it's, it reflects a real antiquated 
uh, understanding of science because the science will tell you now that it is not the non-binary, it is not the binary black and white that we always thought it was. And so much of the research now points to um, so many different moments in the creation of a human being that are on-off switches mm-hmm. that aren't always all switched to on or off. They can be both. And that that is what results in us all being different in, in amazing and interesting ways. But we're so scared, again, of that, that we can't yeah. label it and put it in a specific box that we um, seek to anyway. Which is um, also eugenics. Yes. <laughs> Putting things again. in specific boxes. Right, right, right. We'll get right back to the interview. But first, I'd like a word. I'll go with my first wordle guess, which is thief. Thief. Ah, your favorite word and a first wordle word. I usually go with beast, uh, but I switch it up for fun. Uh, So thief. Okay. From before the 12th century, one who carries out a theft, one who steals another person's property, especially by stealth and without using force or violence. Uh, It's from the Middle English, Old English, and Old High German. Uh, That's a good one. I like it. Speaking of great words. You're going to learn today. The word of the week is... Not a real word, but it's one I'm feeling acutely in tune with right now. It's uh, from John Koenig's book, The Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows, which is a dictionary of made up words for emotions that we all feel, but we don't have words to express. So the word is onism. And uh, his, his uh, definition is the frustration of being stuck in just one body that inhabits only one place at a time which is like standing in front of the departure screen at an airport, flickering with place names, each representing one more thing you'll never get to see before you die. And all because, as the arrow on the map helpfully points out, you are here. It's a little paraphrasing of his definition, but I really liked it. It's basically the awareness of how little of the world we will see or know or experience. And I tend to feel this frustration or this ennui, not when I'm stuck at home or occupied with everyday life, but really during or just after an incredible experience or trip like the, the Grand Canyon one I just took. Um, it just makes me recognize that there are places all over the world that would bring me that same joy and wonder and, and knowledge and perspective and excitement and that there's no way I'm going to see them all. Uh, there's just not enough time. And so on the one hand, it's actually a useful feeling. It sort of motivates us to go and see and do as much as we can. But it's awfully depressing, (laughs) you know, in those moments that we're tied to jobs and responsibilities and we're limited in our adventures. uh, It can be depressing. Onism, a very useful made up word. Important note, though, it is a made up word, onism, and it is not to be confused with the real word onanism, which means masturbation. Okay, onism in a sentence. As she gazed out at the Grand Canyon, she thought of all the other beautiful places in the world she would never see, and the onism briefly depressed her before she turned her sights back to the beauty in front of her. Now let's get back to the interview. When you decided, whenever this was, between the last time we spoke and now, that you were, in fact, a trans man and not non-binary, uh-huh. what, what kind of thought processes and then what choices do you make do you speak to friends and family and and significant others do you talk to other people who are who have transitioned how do you decide that that's what what is calling you yeah i mean i um i'll just preface my answer by saying like i'm somebody that is willing to talk about these things openly but i just want to say to anybody that's listening like i answer these questions so you can hear them from me a a trans person that's willing to talk about them. Don't ask your trans friends these questions, (laughs) like at least not right away. Cause I just say that because like we trans people get asked these questions so Mm -hmm. much, you know? So that's kind of why I'm willing to do it on this level. You know, I'm not, not cause I'm like some hero, but just because like you said, I am, I've, I've been given the opportunity to do this very publicly and uh, not everybody gets to do that or has to do that. And so I just, I think it's just something specifically that's been given to me. Um, So for me, um, you know, the, the joke that the pandemic was so long I transitioned is, is very (laughs) true because having enough time to really sit with oneself and not be distracted by keeping things up, you know, of like going, I can't look at this because I'm too busy or whatever, you know, whatever things I was distracting myself with all fell away, you know? Um, and so I just remember reaching out to a friend of mine that had posted about 
that they had started a low dose of testosterone. And I hadn't seen yet. I just hadn't seen anybody. And I'm sure I just was missing it. it that was just the person I saw. And we, we were uh, friends, not super close or anything. But I felt compelled to reach out to them of like what that experience was like. And just talking to them. I mean, they literally just said, like, I can't explain it more than I just feel more myself. And that really resonated with me, you know, because I had only been thinking about it in the context of like a full transition dose, which would change you very quickly um, and those kinds of things. And I just hadn't thought about a, another possibility. I, I was very binaried in my own <laughs> thinking. Right. of it, It's either you do it or you don't, you know. Um, and so this was like this middle third way, a non-binary way of like, oh, I, I can just try this and see what it's like without um, s something that to me felt drastic just for me, you know, that I wasn't sure that I wanted to do that. I also had this idea that it was going to like happen overnight, you know, <laughs> but, but that's, that's also not true. Um, and well, honestly, did you put the coin in Zoltar and say, I want to be right. a man I, or what? That is <laughs> such, it's so funny that you bring that movie up because I've been thinking about how much I love that movie yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people love that movie, but I truly think I lo love that movie because it, for me was a trans narrative. I thought yeah. I could do that. Like for me, it was Interesting. like, it was actually this like fantasy of like, Oh, I could go to a thing and be like, I want to yeah. be big and I would be a man. You I'm know, so like, sorry that you're not Tom Hanks. I know. It didn't I wish. work. One of these days, maybe. <laughs> um, but it's. I've just been thinking about that so much. Um, so it just really gave me clarity. You know, like starting to take it, I was just like, oh, like there were there were these like subtle changes in myself that I was just like, oh, this is this is true. You know, mm. and then I started because I had the time off from all work. I felt free to like look into uh, top surgery, which I had literally been thinking about since I'd heard it was even a thing, you know, so years. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a person that thinks about it, I don't know, more than twice, it's probably something you want to check out, you know? Right. And the thing is like, there's so much messaging in the world about how you're going to regret it. You know, that's like a big thing that's out there. And it sucks because it's what we hear, you know, because we're not surrounded by trans people and we're not surrounded by transness. <laughs> right. We're surrounded by cisgender people who, even well-meaning, are like, you've got to be sure because you don't want to mutilate yourself. Like, this is the language they're using. Right. And I understand why they're using it because that's what it would be for them. I think that's the really important thing for trans and cisgender people to understand is that, and these are doctors. These are doctors that are doing their best, who who actually think and feel and are trying to put a trans patient's like needs and welfare yeah. out there, they still, because they can only experience this from their own body. And to them, that would that's what that would be. But I st am on this podcast today to say that um, for me, top surgery is like, is one of the most liberating things that I've ever experienced in my life. And I did not know that that's what it was going to be. Right. I didn't I wonder think if people uh, try to talk women out of, of breast implants just in case they're mutilating right. themselves and they yeah, deeply regret it. Yeah, like, it's not like you get to do whatever you want. That's the thing. It's like We get to do what we want to our bodies all the time right. in pursuit of whatever I mean, it is that we want to look like that's in right. whatever body we feel best in. And yeah. when it's a trans person, it's... It's, it's way bigger about. than that. And yeah. you're not, be, and, yeah. and yeah. And like, I just think, you know, cisgender women do not have to ask a therapist for a letter to tell their plastic surgeon that they're, right. that they need. I think they should, because I think it's cheating implants. because I think if you have naturally big breasts, you're probably not that skinny. So everyone sure. that gets to be naturally skinny and then just throw a nice rack on top. I, I mean, think it's, it's cheating. Yeah. I'm biased, <laughs> right. but I mean, that's, that's cheating. You got to get Rob Manfred to investigate. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I, you just mentioned this, and that's fascinating to me, that because you're in the public eye and because your job is performance and being on yes. stages and literally having people stare at you and right. be like, oh, are those new glasses? Did you get a haircut? Like, right? Like, they are little things. I mean, <laughs> literally, I go on TV and random middle-aged men are like, I prefer you better when you have red nails instead oh of God. pink. And I'm like, wow. People love to tell you what they think. They sure do. <laughs> um, but because of that, you had this moment of, by necessity, being to yourself. 
and it gave you enough time. And I wonder if that was part of it. Did you worry about having enough time to know who you were and present yourself in a way that felt right before you had to go do it in front of a whole bunch of people? Um, I mean, I definitely, I de- I definitely was worried, but I, I didn't spend too much time in that because I just kept feeling like, you know, we sort of talked about this, like before we started recording, like it's always life is practice. Like there's no, the whole thing is practice. Like none of this is supposed to be, you know, like the, the, <laughs> the end isn't even really the end. We don't know what's <laughs> after this. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So like. Um, I just sort of realized like, I'm just going to do what I need to do and everything else is going to fall into place. You know, like I was going by RB for a while cause I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my name. Cause like for me, I like my old name. It's not a name that I have any, I, I like it. I, I still have a lot of love for it. Um, but it got to a, I was just talking about this last night. It got to a point where, cause my experience of my name has never been very gendered, my old name. Um, but it is gendered for other people. And also they've attached a gender to that based on what was going on in my life before. Right. Um, and so it just became very difficult. You know, like I, I rented a car <laughs> and I gave them my ID and they were like, oh, did they put you on? I mean, they said my name, but they, they were like, did they put you on the rental agreement? And I was like, oh, no, actually, that's mm. me. And they were like, oh, I thought this was a woman's name. I was like, nope. And they were like, oh, cool. <laughs> But right. and it was like it was like this really affirming experience right. that at the same time was like, hey, I think we're going to need to change this. Yeah. Um. And so I started opening myself to the idea that I was going to change my name legally. And that's like been my third, you know, like first step was low dose of testosterone and then building that up, realizing right. that that was what I actually wanted. And then two was top surgery and three was legally changing my name and the name that kind of just came to me which I now use which is River is sort of a uh, simpatico with my old name cuz that's kind yeah. of in Latin what it you know or Greek or whatever it it meant to flow so it's kind of huh. the same thing you know it's yeah. the same thing but just you know um people can attach how they see me now to this name as opposed to the mental juggling of like Wait a minute. Every, You're a man, everything. But yeah. this is telling me something and, else. And they would still say the old pronoun, you know, whatever. And right. So this has just been, it's just been incredibly liberating. Like I just had no idea, you know, and I, I, you can't know until you know is the right. thing. It's funny because there's some, some, these anecdotes that I find probably in the moment are either a little awkward or difficult as you're navigating, but they're sort of funny in the abstract. And the, the one you just said, which is, the person's looking at you, they're like, okay, you're a man, but I'm looking at this name, and so now I'm confused by the name, <laughs> right, yeah. right? Is this the same person? <laughs> and Christina Carl, the great baseball writer, was on with me, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite stories that she told was that she went back into the same clubhouses and locker rooms, and all of the men started talking over her and not thinking she knew anything about baseball, and she was like, I was simultaneously really pissed, and also I felt like very affirmed. They're like, oh, is they she really a trans see, woman? Yeah, they're, she, oh, they really yeah. see me as a woman now because right. they just they think I don't know shit about sports, yeah, and they're talking yeah. over me, even though I've been like a founding member of the Baseball Writers of That's America. That's right. It's such a like, wild. So it's not funny. It's bullshit. But it's yeah. like, but at the I same guess, time, thank like, you. I'm yeah. also very affirmed right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's just yeah. it's like. Very wild. And I, I yeah, it, it, that's a fun experience. I mean, yeah. it's like, of course, it's like, this sucks. But also, yeah. it, it's it's wild the things that you find affirming and that sort of dual experience of them, you know, because like, yeah. I think for me, as someone who, you know, I have, I, I look at things through a feminist lens, it was like hard for me to accept that I was actually male, you know, because <laughs> I right. was like trying to make, and that's not what, <laughs> feminism is not, woman feminism is to me that no one is discriminated against based on their gender Mm -hmm. and and look anti-patriarchal thing where like there's no centric uh thinking you know um so it it just took me a while you know because there's like a lot of internalized misogyny and a lot of internalized things but i didn't realize there's a there's a delicate dance between internalized misogyny and gender dysphoria you know and i experienced no gender dysphoria now and I didn't realize that's what it was you know I always thought it was like you know misogyny or double standard or whatever and like it's just been so freeing to unwind those things you know it's got to be great when you go back to all the people who said that you were you know you were a gay feminist so you must hate men and you're like "Mm, 
Yeah. No. Nope. <laughs> Not at all. I never I love did. myself. <laughs> I love myself. I love uh, me. Yeah. <laughs> Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Let's talk about your show because I think... There is a gift in whatever unique thing anyone can bring to a stage. But there's also sort of an expectation. And I wonder whether you feel like too much of your act has to be about the things that make you different instead mm-hmm. of just getting to be like, what is the deal with <laughs> whatever, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, and how do you balance that? Well, I mean, I think, you know, the back half of that special is about, you know, like, a, a parent relationship and uh, goofy moments at the movie theater, you know? So I, I feel like something that I've always been able to do since I started is to balance those things. Um, because I've, I've never wanted to um, ignore any of that. And I've, any of the like identity gender stuff that I'm bringing to the stage, because I feel like I've never been, a- I, I can't, <laughs> I can't, you know, even, <laughs> Even before when I was like, I'm a woman and I'm this and I'm that, it's like I still was not, that still wasn't even lining up with what I'm bringing to the table. And I think what I'm bringing to the table is cool. <laughs> and I I find a lot of people relate to it. Um, and what's been really interesting to me now and the jokes from the special now is that like a lot of cis, cis guys are like really into it <laughs> and like understanding it on a, on a level. Like more so than before? More so than before, yes. Huh. More so than before. I mean, I think they always were. Maybe they're a little more vocal now. Maybe they feel like they can talk to me now. And they felt like, oh, maybe I shouldn't talk to them. You know, whatever. I don't know totally what the reason is, you know, <laughs> but, yeah. and, and you, you might well, be right. Well, you're part of the club now, honestly. I guess. And but you're just the patriarchy. No. Congratulations. <laughs> no, I didn't leave any teams because there's no teams. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I, I wonder, and you talked about how you're willing to take on being public and personal about this stuff, mm-hmm. which I love. And honestly, that is why... Um, I always ask guests before, like how much and what they want to talk about, because I know that it is frustrating to have things analyzed and discussed about you that most people don't have to publicly address. Mm -hmm. And I wonder if there's things that you wish people would ask you instead of things you're sick of being asked. (laughs) Oh, sure. Um, Wow. I never thought about like what I wish people would ask me. (laughs) I mean, I'm sure that's true. You know, I, I don't know. It's such it's such a balance of like. I, I do actually feel like I just have an opportunity to share this and and I really the way the way that I look at it is I mean we were talking about this before we started I you know I have a BFA in printmaking we talked about this the right. last time yeah I am like an artist you know like I I have been able to accept that part of myself after accepting that I'm trans like I mm. I can accept that part of myself so much more deeply now um and I don't want to say that my life is performance art because my life is not a performance. It's just a life, but I do get to share it the way that I like to share art, you know? Yeah. Um, and it is a creation. I, I have been created for this purpose and, and I also get to continue creating in my life, you know, and sharing that with other people and other people shared their life with me, which allowed me to do this, you know, yeah, <laughs> like sure. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for countless people that came before me that are around me now you know that I don't even know their names you know it's like right um so yeah I don't know this isn't really answering the question I I, what I wish I was asked I guess it's just like how does it feel would be a better question than like did you get 
surgery? Did you get <laughs> right, hormones? Right. You know, which right. you know we're talking about that, but I don't feel like you're like asking me the the right. the, the checklist. It's just like removing the checklist from talking to trans people, you know, mm-hmm. of like wanting to know more about the experience as opposed to the sort of external right. things. Right. Because I think people externalize it because they can't comprehend what it feels like on the inside. Right. And like, I'm just another person, you know, <laughs> whose experience is this. And I'm not somebody who wants to abolish gender. That's just not my vibe. My vibe is that I want to expand the understanding of what it is. Because yeah. someone who simply defines themselves as a woman we, that doesn't put trans or cis or any of these things on top of it is going to look so different than another person who defines yeah. themselves as simply a woman. And that is the point. These things are just poles that are surrounded by so many... Because you go to another country and woman means something completely different. Right. Right. <laughs> it looks completely different. Like right. These words are so... They're so simple to describe something so vast and miraculous, honestly. Yeah. Um, I And I just see it as poles as opposed to binary. You know, like, I'm not not non-binary now. Like, my, my experience inside of myself is, very, is still very non-binary. It's, right. like, in the third way. Um, but I also, at the same time, I'm accepting of how much I'm just a dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, I look, like, I... I you know, it, it's funny that I was saying I was gay and all this, like a lesbian and all those things. And it's not that I don't feel that like I do, but I also, once I accepted that I was trans, I realized, you know, cause I've dated men and I was attracted to them and in love with them and in, in a certain way, you know, <laughs> in phases right. or whatever. It's that my attraction to them was as a male person, right. you know, and that wasn't, available at that time to me and so that is what created the confusion it wasn't that like oh this is against what i feel it's that i can't express this from the place where it feels most authentic you know right well i think that how does it feel is opens up so many doors because i do think there are gender restrictions that are put in place and there are people i would include myself in that group who feel limited by the bullshit that women are not supposed to or not allowed to do right but i don't think there's a part of me that isn't that doesn't i that doesn't feel like a woman right Right. Mm -hmm. um but when i was a kid i was so frustrated by feeling like I couldn't do and say and be outgoing and athletic and all the things that I remember my friend and I had a little club that we called the it club. (laughs) And we said we were it because we we love it. (laughs) And we were, and like, we didn't do it in a way that we we should be boys. We did it in a, we don't want to be girls. If being girls means we don't get to do all this cool shit that we want to do. And and that's ultimately the thing. Yeah. Right. with With the define a woman, it's still, it's like, we're people and that's why it, it's yeah. it, that's why it bums me out so much when people uh, like get upset of language changing like men and women to people like right. that's not erasing anything <laughs> no. like it's erasing women and it's erasing men so that everybody's people actually and everybody can have say, the spectrum yeah that's that's right and people is not some like radical queer term it's literally in the constitution right. like it's an old word it's been around for a long time <laughs> it's not taking anything away from anybody it's but actually it addresses- adding what we talked about before which is we're constantly talking about women in whatever way we need to reconcile uh the restrictions that we put on them right we don't talk but we don't address and draw attention to the ways that those restrictions deeply negatively affect men right and boys if if we say these are the things you're allowed to be as a man and these are the things you're allowed to be as a woman then we're also telling men and boys you can't express your emotions you can't love ballet you can't wear makeup you can't do whatever and that results in so many of the tragic things that occur when men and boys can't express themselves talk about things and then find other ways to react and we also don't do that when we're talking about these things because once again we center it on making sure that we can recognize and protect like who is the quotation marks it's it's always about othering yeah the the conversation really needs to be about both and all you know I, i fully agree like we're not we're never talking about men's sports and we rarely call it men's sports men's right, sports are sports. It's just sports. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. so like 
if you really get down to it, like sports to me is all the sports, you know, like, I, I mean, I just mm-hmm. personally would love to live in a world where people were playing sports together, you know, that it was yeah. not segregated by gender. So also just want to point out one thing that, that was very illuminating to me that I saw recently. And I, I wish I could remember the person's name off the top of my head that tweeted it. Uh, but if I find it, I'll send it to you. You can put it in the footnotes of the show so that we can give this person accurate credit. But it was a photo from like Jim Crow era south where there were bathrooms that were uh ladies men and black people that's not the word that they used on the door but i'm not going to use the word because we don't use it anymore there was no gender segregation for black people in the jim crow south Hmm. so gender segregation is actually also a class issue and it's also a race issue because these same arguments that the anti-trans legislation are making for children and uh, for you know, trans women and in, in professional sports and all those things are the same arguments that they made not too long ago and also recently yeah. against black women and also black men 100%. competing in sports. 100%. That they had a biological advantage, which is again yeah. more eugenics. They're using the same language, and so I just I I'm sure there are people listening who are very like confused about trans kids in sports, and I'm it's very easy to fall prey to this narrative because we're so inundated with this hierarchy that men are naturally better at sports and women are not. (laughs) And so if you take that very basic view and you apply it to trans people, like I get how you would fall prey to that, but it's just simply not true. And sports is about talent. You know, we unfortunately have a view of sports as not a civil act like this, like a character building thing in this country. It's become a for-profit thing all the way down to kids. And so they're protecting the sanctity of kindergarten soccer. You know, like it's in, in most cases, especially with the children, when these, when a state is outlawing trans kids, specifically trans girls playing with their friends, it's usually a law that's being written that applies to one person out of 75,000 people. That's pretty terrible (laughs) i mean we don't you're making a law that's outlawing a single person from participating in public life yeah it's not it's it's not the thing that they are saying that it is you know i did a great podcast with a couple experts chris Mosier, who's a a, a trans male athlete he's awesome and ann lieberman who works uh, with athlete ally and if people are interested in, in specifically youth sports and trans participation i recommend listening to it because it covers everything from the science to the to the policies and how they've worked for years without interruption and until this became a political talking point. Yeah. Um, and I, I really recommend people people go listen to that one. I have a quick question for you. Yes. I think you have a unique perspective on it. And I hate <laughs> to ask you about other comedians because I'm sure you <laughs> sure. get asked a lot. But specifically, I was thinking about this because I got attacked and I always get attacked whenever I ask people to apply the same idea of, you know, an injustice somewhere is an injustice anywhere. And if you're mm-hmm. going to come hard for the rights and, and liberties and respect for all people, why that stops with like Dave Chappelle's attacks on trans people in his mm-hmm. comedy. If he's going to be a voice and an artist, and you're going to tell me he's not just a comedian, he's a voice for our time who's deserving of the Mark Twain Prize, and every word he uses is intentional, then you have to apply that to what he says about the boys that were molested by Michael Jackson, what he says about trans people. Mm-hmm. All of those are very specific and intentional things that he chooses to make a part of his act. But you'll say it's just a joke and that trans people have to laugh about it. And then here comes Will Smith and those very same people, not all the same people, plenty of people have different views on Chappelle versus what happened with Chris Rock and Will Smith, but they will say, you have to draw the line. That's not comedy. He, he took a shot at her and because of her medical condition or her physical appearance, Mm -hmm. that's not funny anymore. And he was right to go up. So would it be right for a trans person because of that to go up and fight Chappelle, or are we going to make different rules every single time so we can continue to shout down trans people? Um, <clears throat> I think the only thing that I could say to this is that I found a lot of healing and understanding in the book All About Love by Bell Hooks. I don't really have an answer because I don't know that these two things are comparable. And I think that we live in a society where we need to have opinions on everything. We feel we need to have an opinion on everything that happens. Right. And I just am sort of recusing myself <laughs> from those things. And I would say in, in the in the world of comedy, you know, I um that's th- that's why I keep making comedy. 
Um, that's why I keep putting what I believe and feel and find funny in my experience out into the world. Yeah. That's why I keep thinking it has value because people are listening to it, you know, and people are affected by it. And, and because we don't have to have answers, we can just have opinions and, and takes and efforts to understand. That's right. <laughs> like yeah. I just don't, I just don't have, I don't have a, um, there's, I don't have a simple, you know, response yeah. to that other yeah, than I, honestly <laughs> bell hooks you know I, I feel, i'll read it yeah other yeah than go read a whole book and then come back and <laughs> that's how we can start a book club that's you know? how we're gonna make um, this podcast three hours i'll be yeah, right back yeah that's right. Gonna we'll go, be right gonna back go we're gonna read a book real quick um <laughs> so people can find your special a different kind of dude uh it's comedy central but i, I think it's on youtube it's on and YouTube, your website yep. and okay mm -hmm. so yeah. people want to watch um super funny i mean always it was a lot of fun I, I, I just I've always loved your comedy because it is you. hilarious, but it is always thoughtful and smart and interesting. And you leave and you're like, <laughs> I didn't think of it that way. I didn't think about it that which way. Which is what you I that's mean, like the yeah, point. That's the only thing I'm trying to do is just like because that's the kind of comedy that I like. You know, yeah. I like I like people who it's not so much challenging the way that I think it's just opening and exp expanding, you know, what I what I've been presented with in my yeah. life, you know, and yeah. so I just like to give that give that back you know yeah my favorite kind of company is people punching down at marginalized groups but you're second uh, <laughs> that's right just yeah like right just like right behind it just in um, the octagon <laughs> yeah exactly literally punching down yeah um, that's right thanks for doing this i always yeah. love talking to you and it's so thanks so much for having so awesome me. that you come on and, and talk about all this stuff and i think it does help people i think you got to keep doing it yeah, I think we just share our lives with each other, and that's kind of the whole jam, you know? That is, just that's like, what can, we, what can we learn and enjoy from each other, you know? That's what she said. Oh, yeah. One more thing. This is a place for rants, raves, everything in between. So sometimes I'll complain about something. Sometimes I'll share a great story. I think you should check out uh, whatever's on my mind. This week, what's on my mind is a video that I happened uh, upon a couple weeks ago. And River reminded me of it when he said, you know, we feel like we need to have an opinion on everything that happens today. So it's from comedian and writer Sarah Schaefer. Here's a little bit of it. I used to always share my opinion online. No matter the topic, I was ready to dive into the discourse even when it had nothing to do with me. The result? Me posting a lot of dumb shit. Before I knew it, I was posting dumb shit online every single day. Until all that changed. Now I don't post dumb shit at all. What's my secret? Silence. Surprise. I was too. Turns out you don't have to post anything at all. It's not required. Sometimes you can just be quiet. Too good, uh, and definitely something we could all stand to remember every once in a while. Uh, lots of Grand Canyon stories next week. Lots of fun stuff, so make sure you tune back in. Also, some uh, updates from the other Duke crewers on their progress, so so don't miss it. Also, don't forget, you can tweet me, at Sarah Spain, if you have guest suggestions, questions, dilemmas, whatever. And you should always go to the iTunes or podcast app, subscribe, follow to That's What She Said with Sarah Spain. Rate it five stars, please. Give me a review, uh, and maybe you'll be shouted out in the podcast. And uh, thanks, as always, for lasting about an hour with me. That's what she said. <laughs>